Hello, everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, everything in between slug or alien. You're listening to Beyond the Panel on UMFM 101.5. I am your provider, host, connoisseur. I'm Brian. What's up? (laughs) What's up? Joining me, as always, the effervescent Curtis Mensforth. Loving my loving my intro as always. I am happy to be here, guys, as usual. And joined first time ever, Braden. Yes, our newest host. He's going to be with us the rest of the way. We've got an hour long now, so hopefully I can make it by the hour. Here we go. I'm <laughs> yeah, super, right. Super thankful o- to be onward on here with and you guys. upward. So first of all, I want to get a little bit of an introduction from yourself, Braden. Tell me, uh, tell me about yourself, your comic, how you got into comic books, your listening experience, what you enjoy most, and what you help to bring hope to bring to the show? Well, it's kind of like uh, I've really been into comics ever since like I was super little. Like I I used to live in Dauphin, Manitoba, like way Ooh. up north, and so the comic selection there is pretty thin. But we'd always get Amazing Spider-Man in the Walmart. Sick. Yes, and man. I wish we could pick that up at Walmart, right? Oh man, <laughs> those no were kidding. the days, right? Those were the days. Okay, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's like I started off with Spider-Man, and since then I've just like grown to love both companies. Although okay. I'm primarily a DC guy right now. Uh, I also love a bunch of indie companies like uh, Valiant Comics. Uh, go out there to uh, XO Manowar, one of the best books online. Right. And Aftershock Comics. Oh, only yeah. been up two years, but they're killing the industry right yeah. now. Right on. Yeah. And uh, I actually work at Galaxy Comics, so I'm, su- I'm surrounded by comics as a job. All the time. All the time. No stranger I'm, to Galaxy. So. I'm, uh, I'm jealous of that. We, we love it there. It's yeah. Great. It's, it's like what I do there is essentially what I do at home with my own collection. So it's like it's not even it's not even work. That's, that's the dream. Passion. It's just living a dream. What you want to do with your own time, right? That's <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. wicked. So, um, what's your what's your favorite? Who's your favorite hero? Who's your favorite author? Your favorite villain? Uh, I know. I hope this isn't a trite answer, but like Superman is definitely my favorite hero. That's not one that, like I mean like I get that people have been Superman fans in the past but like it's well, super I mean, he, he's an iconic character for it's a reason. It's super right? uncommon now for someone like our age to be a Superman fan. So that's yeah, cool. It's like everybody kind of disparages him they're like oh he's like just a big blue boy scout he has no personality but it's like he's like um, it's what he represents, right? And like yeah. what he can be under the right writer, you can really do a lot of amazing stuff with Superman as a character. Right. Exactly. Like John Burns run on Superman is oh, iconic. Dan Jurgens but like Mark, Max Landis, although we like discussed him earlier, I'm not a huge Max Landis fan, but he he summed up Superman the best way. He said, Superman, "Superman is a guy from the Midwest with the best power possible. He's unstoppable." And it's like, yeah, that's Superman. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. American Alien was a good story. I really, I really enjoyed American Alien. But Max Landis also did that that short film, uh, "The Death and Return of Superman," which was really good. Oh, okay. We talked about how they should have handled. Oh, Doomsday. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so uh, that's cool. So welcome in. We are excited, ecstatic to have you in. Thank you, thank you. Um, hopefully you're going to be able to be here every single week with us from now on talking about stuff. So going on forward, we are a menage a trois. Ooh. That is right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of putting it. So, so far, we've talked about loads of superheroes and villains and teams and uh, big storylines from the big two, Marvel and DC. Today... We are going to delve into things that don't include them. Yes, Marvel and DC is a very limited scope of comics. Comics as a medium is far more than just superhero stories. So if you're not into that kind of stuff, I guarantee you there is a comic book for you. I think anyone can enjoy comics if they just find the right story. Yeah, super exactly. Hero, superhero stories are just, they're great, but they're just one yeah, facet there's of a, like there's a, the gem. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, I mean, because like... 
you you find at least I do a lot of the independent comics tend to venture into some of the the things that that superhero comics don't touch on while metahumans are awesome and cool there are far fewer comics in marvel and dc that touch on things uh, you know like normal people just living real life right. circumstances there are less storylines that delve into high fantasy there are less storylines that delve into deep science fiction um, there are less storylines that deal with all kinds of like interesting and cool stuff. Um, for example, I'm going to put this out here as one of them, something that I know that Curtis and I both love. I, uh, Braden hasn't had the opportunity to read it yet, but The Fix by Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. The Fix by Nick Spencer, yes. It's, it's just like a Miami Vice crime comic with a really dark it's very depraved. Yeah, would it's be the word. It's disgusting, yeah. but at the same time, like it's so brilliant and so well done. The art is is simplistic, but but beautiful, mm-hmm. and it it perfectly portrays the the feeling and and the emotion and everything that comes from a particular story like that. The lighting in it is particularly good because like it has. I, I know it's drawn lighting, but the way that they do the way that they do the art on it, like it almost seems so the like colorist there, there's lens thing. flare. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, right. Like, like there's lens flare on something that is drawn. Props goes out to the colorist. On that yeah, series. so like it just kind of it just kind of embodies like the that late '80s shot on VHS level. Oh, of, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it, it, it it's definitely a great series. Doesn't have fix. a little tracking bar at the bottom going track track track. Oh my god, I wish that'd be so hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I miss VHSs, man. Stop it, I'm old. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, so, like, it's it's stuff like that that it's just, like, it's just a crime novel, right? Like, it's just talking about two dudes attempting to commit, like, a bunch of really heinous, disgusting yeah. crimes from, like, a really dark, humorous perspective. And Nick's, you wouldn't... Nick Spencer is a very... You wouldn't find that. humor well, yeah. You wouldn't find that from, like, Marvel or DC because it's just... It's not superhero-based. It's normal people doing... Well... Criminals, normal criminals doing normal criminal stuff, normal bad guy stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, like, tell me, uh, Curtis, hook me up with hook me up with an independent comic that you're really digging. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, there there's or have great dug ones. in the past. Yeah. There, there's a lot of great ones out there. Uh, I'm I'm a really big fan of a lot of Rick Remender's Image Comics series mm-hmm. that he does, and he does he's doing a few right now. Um, he does Deadly Class, uh, Black Science. He did uh, Low. Uh, just to name a few of his Seven recent, to Eternity. Seven to Eternity is really good. So tell me about tell me about some of those. Like both oh, yeah. you, both you guys. Like talk talk me through. Like what are, what are some of these comics about? Well, I think one of my favorites. Uh, I would say it's a tough one, but I think I think my favorite work of his is probably Deadly Class. Okay, so basically, Deadly Class follows a kind of down and out kid who gets he gets accepted to this. Uh, the secret school for assassins who are all like the kids, very notable, well-known like assassins. And it's set in the 80s too, so it has a very unique like visual style to it. Very humorous. Rick Remender does humor very well. Um, and it just follows like all the different kind of misadventures of high school life, but at the same, at the same time, you're also an assassin. So you're dealing with people not just figuratively maybe stabbing you in the back but literally at the same time okay. and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great storylines lots of high action um it, it it can be sad it can it can make you laugh uh it, it makes you feel a lot of things but i'd say deadly class by rick remender is one of the best image comic series um 
and it's not to say that his other stuff isn't great as well. Like in general, I just like him as a writer, but I, that might be my favorite one. Okay, uh, Braden, what what do you think? Uh, well, I'm more I'm more familiar with Rick Remender's stuff when he was at Marvel. Yeah, he did Uncanny X Force, oh, which such is a, I love that run, and Uncanny Avengers as well, yep. which is like their flagship book after Marvel now, and it, it it pretty much set so many things up for that universe. But uh, I'm not too familiar with his image stuff or his creator owns. A lot stuff. of people know Black Science. Like, that was going to be the one that I mentioned, too. That's a really good series mm-hmm. as well, uh, dealing with, like, alternate universes and dimensions. And it's very, very sci-fi adventure, and I love that genre in particular. Yeah. Uh, kind of a... It, it's a family drama because it's Grant McKay has, like, two kids, and... They're stranded going through, like, the Eververse, it's called, trying to find their way back home. So it's dealing with that family dynamic. But at the same time, there's aliens and all kinds of wacky landscapes and lots of bizarre science. So it's very much a blend of, like, two genres. So so it's, like, a really dark mix of, like, Fantastic Four and yeah, Lost in Space. Yeah, B- Black Science definitely has a Fantastic Four vibe. And I guess that's why I like it so much is because I am a huge, I'm a no giant Fantastic kidding. Four yeah. fan. Uh, I don't think we were, like, gushing right before <laughs> I don't think I need episode. to tell anyone about that. Brian knows too well, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've talked his ear off maybe a little too much on the Fantastic hey, Four. Hey, don't get me wrong. I really, <laughs> I really like the Fantastic Four's concept, but, like, Two out of the three experiences that I've had with the Fantastic Four so far have been like not yeah, good. You, so. uh, not, not too big on the Morrison stuff, but and and the Kirby the Kirby Stanley stuff is all like really archaic and dry. And yeah, really it's hard. Well, it's really hard to read in 2017. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But when it came out at times, it was just bonkers. I mean, like, don't don't get me 60s. wrong. It's cool. Like for all the people that like want to go back and like listen to stuff from like the 40s and 50s, like good. I'm glad. I'm so happy you can do that. I. Any for me, man. <laughs> and that's fair, right? Like, there's always going to be stuff that appeals to different people. But, yeah, uh, Black Science, Deadly Class are two of Remender's best things that he's doing right now. And then uh, also Seven to Eternity is only nine issues in, but that's shaping up to be a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you reading that by any chance? No, like, I got priced out of that so bad. Like, uh, like the first issue, I wanted to pick it up. I, I happened to stumble into it. Like, issue one is worth, like, what, 70 bucks Yeah, there's, yeah there's This like, is why you read digitally. <laughs> I feel you, man. You're killing the industry. <laughs> How? Nah, it's fine. If I'm if I'm pirating, I would agree, but I pay for my stuff. Nah, That's he, fair. He's yeah. still, you, supporting, still supporting. He he's supporting their work, and yeah. and there's there's a lot of merits to reading digital, right? Like mm-hmm. I like it. And I don't want to turn this into an argument. It was just a joke. No, I, no, was no, just I, actually, I, was, I was just joking as well. Like uh, <laughs> nothing nothing against people who buy digital. Okay, cool. Good. As long as don't pirate, kids. Pirating is bad. Ooh. Yeah, there there are some things that I enjoy uh, digitally too. Like it, it really depends on you know what you enjoy, and as long as you are reading stuff you like and you're supporting creators, I think that's that's the main point there. But uh, Seven to Eternity is a really cool comic. Uh, it it definitely leans more into fantasy, so it's not as much sci-fi, but more fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, drawn by Jerome Pena, so if you. I mean, if you liked his stuff in Uncanny X-Force, uh, Avengers with Hickman, uh, he, I mean, Opeña is a pretty great artist. So mm-hmm. that series is a very lush world that Remender has built up. It includes all kinds of, you know, uh, monsters, creatures, and it's just a very, it's a very personal story, but blended with um, fantasy this time around. So I think that's what Remender's strength is. It's taking 
very relatable aspects, but then blending it with like a different genre, whether it be sci-fi, fantasy, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian, what what about you, man? Like, what kind of things as far as like stuff that you enjoy? Like, what I'm actually you... going to defer this to Braden because he hasn't told oh us my yet. Lord, I'd something. like to hear what Braden has to say. I got. Uh, I have another thing. I have another. I have another comic that I want to bring up and talk about. But I, I want to hear what Braden. He hasn't had a chance to talk about something he really loves yet. So, Norris, let's hear it, man. My answer is kind of like three pronged. It's like I mentioned aftershock and valiant in my like in my bio there. Yeah, also, Aftershock hasn't been going for too long, right? You it's, said it's like two been, years only? They've only been going for like I two or three years, but years. like in that three years, they've they've actually got a serious market I'm familiar with right them. Uh, Donny Kate's, uh, what's it called? Baby Tooth? Baby Tooth. by Aftershock, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they've got so many other creators We there. talked about that last week, yeah, and I was yeah, really interested. I was really in, intrigued and interested by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Warren, no, Garth Ennis had a book there oh, just a little bit ago. It was Shipwreck. Yeah. And... One of the best books out of there that unfortunately was like canceled, but it was it was the gem for me. It was uh, by Paul Jenkins, and it was called Replicas. I like Paul Jenkins. Paul Jenkins is top notch. So talk oh, yeah. to, talk to me about that then. Okay, it's uh it's basically set in this way way in the future where it's like humanity has met up with all these other civilizations, and there's basically like this one city that's kind of like the meet and greet. Okay, and there's a police force there that has like a representative from each of the planets. And, like, the humanity isn't seen too well. And, like, they have this one cop. Can't remember his name. But, like... Unimportant. Unimportant. The main <laughs> character. Unimportant. <laughs> but um, he he just gets stuck with all, like, the really terrible work and, and the busy work and everything. Okay. And there's this company out that's like, oh, we if, like, if you want, like, an easier life, we can make a clone for you. And, like, they can do, like, half the work in that. And so he goes there going, all right, I can just get a clone for me. He can do all the paperwork and I can do all the investigating. And but instead something goes wrong in the process and he ends up with ninety nine clones. Whoa! And he has to like manage this like police it's a slight fo- malfunction. Yeah, pretty much. And he has to like manage this like now micro police force oh, of man. him, just of him. Yeah, but it's like each of them has like a different personality in that, and so it's like it's it, it, it's a comedy book. It's that like a comedy really sci-fi. Cool. It's really good. It, it only lasted like nine, like five or six issues. Oh, so not. What's, and so, so, so one. for the listeners, what's the name of that? What's the name of it again? It's called Replicas, and it's written by Paul Jenkins. Okay, okay. that yeah. is solid. Yeah, and uh, my other pick, which is still going on today, uh, thank thank the Lord, is uh, Exo Manowar by yeah. Valiant. I've heard so much great stuff about the kind of the rebooted Valiant line that they've kind of launched in the last few years. Since it's like formation in the 90s, Valiant had always has always kept a philosophy of less is more. Yeah. Like they they don't let their like line of books expand too big. They always keep it concise, but they always try to pour all their effort into each book. And Valiant is currently like doing a bit of a reboot right now, a reshuffle where it's like uh, Exo Man of War has just like it's on its like ninth issue. Uh, sorry, Ninjak is just starting up again. Uh, Bloodshot is Jeff Lemire is like starting the second phase of his Bloodshot. Yeah, they, saga. they always pull in really good talent for these series mm. that they're doing. Which and is why Lemire is incredible. Yeah, oh, it, so good. I, I love Lemire. And uh, Quantum of Quantum and Woody is starting up soon. But yeah. it's like Exo Man of War is great because, like I was saying to you, Brian, I'm like a huge fan of the Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, oh, <and laughs> yeah. Exo, so it's so good. Trust no one but sword. There you go. <laughs> Exo Man of War is Conan the Barbarian in space, where <laughs> it's really it's like it sounds like a, what it sounds, I can see that I can see that being interesting. Oh. Well, it's like the whole concept of it is like. So does he have a sword? Uh kind of. Does it cut people in half? Yes, in space. Oh, it does. In space. In space. 
but it's basically oh my god the characters you, you could just stop your description right there yeah, just just <laughs> go just buy kidding. the book That's i need this in my life <laughs> and it's <laughs> and like the current run is great because it's such a like i i, I was familiar with exo before starting on but it's such a good jumping on point for anybody because it starts off with him on this like distant planet and it's like he's just kind of like a servant that's like working his way up he got he somehow got onto the planet like got kicked off earth but and it doesn't really say why and it's like you know what that doesn't even matter no. what matters is him getting involved in like this interspecies war on the planet okay and it's like it's him slowly getting higher and higher in the society it starts off with him as like a soldier the second arc is him as a general the third arc right like, now is like emperor and it's like him slowly oh, becoming wow. like the ruler of this planet who's who's writing exo manor right uh, by the way fellow by the name of matt kint oh i'm definitely familiar with him i just didn't know that he was writing exo that's mm. that's really awesome i uh, i know his his dark horse series um what's it called mind management oh yeah yeah like that's where i know matt kint from yeah. So it's very interesting that uh, that he's writing this. That's really intriguing. Oh, and it, it's like it's it blo- the art, the art is it really has like an Alex Ross feel. Oh, to that's it. so like very surreal kind yeah. of. A, okay. It, it's paintings. Oh, that's rather really, than like that's your traditional I, like pencils. I like that. And, and there's no ads in the book. Like right oh, on the book starts literally. You have the cover. It starts on the other side of the cover, and it runs all the way to the end of the book. Oh, sweet! You don't have any ads breaking up the story. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. He wrote um he wrote the the graphic novel Revolver, did he not? I think so. Yeah. 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 Like, like I really I, said, I uh, really enjoyed that. Revolver was so good. Valiant always draws good talent though to their stuff, which is why like they're they're a very I guess young universe relative like Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. right? But they've really they've got a lot of traction behind them just because they get a lot of really good writers and artists to like yeah, do their stories. That's like, one thing I would actually like recommend, right? Like if you want to go, if you are so, if you're a Marvel fan and are like really sick of like how they're editorial, follow, yeah, mm-hmm. follow creative editorializing. Teams. Like go go, and, but like still want like the cohesiveness of like a universe and a war, right? Mm-hmm. Or a, an idea like like Valiance sounds like the right place to go for that, right? Like it's go it's if you want to like read a whole bunch of individual stories, then obviously like Image mm-hmm. because it's all like creator owned and all that stuff, which is really awesome because they don't have but any like, restrictions. Yeah, like having a cohesive universe and like a plan and like having like a set of comics that you know you can always go and check out. Like that Valiance, that's like where, a, yeah, oh, that's, that's really where jump into Valiant because it's like Valiance was created by Jim Shooter, yeah, the former like Marvel editor yeah. in chief, and Jim Shooter. One of the things he was known for was quality control at Marvel. It was like... Something they are sorely lacking currently. Well, we'll see what this legacy initiative does, but... They admitted they made a mistake. Yeah, which is good. (laughs) The first first thing is admitting. Do we we want to talk about that right now as is relevant, or can we... we, Do we want to talk about it, like, later in the show? I, I feel it's... It, it's a it's a good point to address that briefly. I yeah. Agree. So like they they straight up admitted like the quote the quote from from Marvel was basically like straight up like we we gambled big and lost. But uh, now they're trying to course correct badly. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, like it's like I want Marvel to succeed. Like I want them to do well. Yeah. I want them to succeed, and I hope Legacy does this for them. It's too early to tell right now, just because Legacy hasn't, like, it's only been around for a little bit, so it's too right. early to know. Right. But we'll see. We'll see if that turns things around. It's hard to speculate. Um, yes. Rebirth really helped DC a lot, though. I don't think anyone would argue with that. Yeah, like I was saying to Brian, like, Rebirth, like, I'm a huge DC fan, but I wasn't, I didn't have a ton of hope for Rebirth going in. I was like, okay, this and is like... And that's fair, right? This, like, yeah, this we, like, you went through the new 52 
Yeah. It had some good titles, we but it also had some 52, bad. Yeah. yeah, it had some bad titles too. And yeah, we were all just like, "This is this is DC's Battle of the Bulge." Like this is their like Hail Mary play. <laughs> yeah, and they they did it. They and they pulled it off. And they're still doing well to this day. Like all, a lot of their series have all been really really well received, mm-hmm. from what I've been reading at least. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I have all kinds of issues about it. We're going to talk more about them in later at a later oh, date. Sure but that's that's not what we're here to talk about right now. Right. So, um, the comic, the 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 independent comic that I really wanted to highlight. Now, uh, I haven't brought it up much on on here, but for those of you that know me personally, know that I am and have always been a huge fan of professional wrestling. Yeah. And it's just such like a, I know where this is going. It's been such a large part of my life. I just it's like watching real life superheroes fight each other. They fight in <laughs> ways that no humans should fight. Yeah, exactly. They come out in wildly colorful costumes, speaking cartoonishly cartoonish ways. They have cartoonishly um polarizing motivations. Right. Like there are people there was a show on Sunday where a dude from hell put a giant swamp man into a garbage truck. And then the garbage truck functioned. <laughs> and that was a thing that happened. That sounds ridiculous, that's but amazing. That's not the most comic book thing I've ever heard. I watched somebody murder somebody else on television. Sounds about And right. everybody was okay with it. <laughs> it was so, all good. Uh, a company by the name of Arcana Comics, very small, put out a, uh, a comic based on pro wrestling in 1976. Oh, wow. Uh and it's called Swerve. It follows uh, a character by the name of Eric Layton, who was a former professional football player who blew out his knee. And in 1976, if you blew out your knee, that was it. Oh, yeah. Like, you weren't going to be able to, like, be a professional athlete anymore. No. So he he joins a, like, a wrestling territory, kind of like the okay. NWA, back in, in 1976. And they don't pay him as much as they promised to pay him and said that the in order for him to like make all the money he would have to like get involved in like the really shady like under business that sounds intriguing so like he does like drug muling and he gets involved in like uh being like muscle for protection for a protection racket and like it's him and his road partner who becomes his best friend and it's like the entire time it's just like this this guy eric like trying to come to grips with like how awful of a person he's having to become to be able to support his family <laughs> and like whether or not he's able to deal with all this stuff and i'm not like the name i am not going to spoil the swerve at the end of the comic it is only six issues long oh wow that's that's really easy to dive into then. yeah it's only six issues long and it's not like uh, there there isn't a lot of exposition or talking they let they let the art do most of the talking I like comics for it. that trust their artists yeah. to, enough to tell the story with yeah. with imagery. I mean, yeah, you need the words too, but if you have a good artist, you got to trust them that they're going to be, you know, in sync with you and telling a story as right. well. Right. And so it's it's written by uh John uh JD and it's uh it's art's done by Dexter Wee. Hmm. Um so uh G- uh, Judy has done. Uh, he did Stephen King's Orbit. Okay. Um, and a whole bunch of stuff for like Vincent Price. So like the the Museum of Macabre and stuff like that. All right. All right. And the House of Horrors. Um, but he hasn't really done a heck of a lot outside of that. And uh, Dexter Wee has really has only done three things: the Black Suit of Death, Cura uh, Te Ipsum, and Swerve. So this is really, really not too well known. Really, really indie. indie. Yeah. Really indie. You're definitely leaning on the indie stuff, but it's good to highlight stuff that 
doesn't get a lot of recognition otherwise. Yeah, right? and like even if you're not a pro wrestling fan yourself, it only does like a sm- like it doesn't use like a whole bunch of like insider terms. It only touches very briefly on pro wrestling stuff and is more about like the crime and the character development of Eric Layton, the That's main really character, awesome. which is mm-hmm. it, and it's a really good it's a really good character development. There's it's it's brilliantly well done and I super recommend checking it out. That sounded really intriguing. I you definitely piqued my curiosity. What's the name of that comic again? Swerve by uh, John Judy. Awesome. Out on Arcana Comics. Um, I don't know. If, like, definitely look into. I it. don't know if you can pick it up. Like, I don't. I don't know how difficult it is to pick up physically. But was it, is, it a was it a physically uh, no. release series? I, I think it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm there pre- are some comics that are like only digital. Like they they're created specifically for right. that format. Comics always usually tells me if it's digital only though, okay. and I don't think this was. Oh. Um, it might be out there then. somewhere. but I know that you can pick it up. Yeah. So uh, if you want the paperback version of oh, it, sweet. it's going to cost you fifty one. Dollars. Oh wow! Uh, it if you want to be able to read it, I know on Comicsology it's only six bucks. Digital, that, digital for the win, my friend. Yeah. Did you say the book was written in the seventies or it's set in the seventies? Set in nineteen seventy six. Okay. For a second, like for a second, I thought you said it, it was written. I was like, this is this book's ahead of its time. No, 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 no. Uh, no, but it's, it's set. It's set, in that time period, it's set right? in nineteen seventy six. I want to say it was written in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not very old. At I'm all. just gonna double check, but I'm like ninety percent sure really intriguing. that it was written. It was published intriguing. in 2013. Yeah, it was published in 2013. So I, I like stories that take a good character and throw a little bit of dirt on them, where they have to wrestle with their morality and like what are they willing to do. Yeah, and and the swerve is awesome. Like well, that's, not not that's no, really cool. Like no pun in, like slight pun intended. <laughs> the swerve of swerve is very good. It's very a good. good twist is always appreciated mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah. Um, so enlighten me. Something else that I should be checking uh, out independently. All right. Well, one of the king, one one of the kings of indie comics or just non Marvel, uh, non DC would be Ed Brubaker. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he does a ton of image stuff. Like uh, he has. Yes, he he's very well known for his past Marvel and DC works, but now that he has. Uh, I think it's like a five-year exclusive contract with Image. He's been putting out hit after hit. Like, Ed Brubaker, for me, is pure gold. Mm-hmm. Anything I've ever read by Brubaker has been super good. Um, so one of one of the things that recently, uh, just 2016, that he put out was a story called The Fade Out. Uh, have you have you read The Fade Out, or are you familiar with that? Can't say I have. I might have I'll, seen it on the shelves at Galaxy. I'll give it a brief synopsis. The Fade Out is basically... You're, it's set in 1940s Hollywood and all the cover-ups and, like, Ooh. all the shady business that like, went down in, like, 40s Hollywood. I love conspiracy theories. Yeah, it, it's like that. And, like, they had, like, fixers. So, like, anytime that you, maybe you did something controversial or, like, you did something and someone has dirt on you and they're going to, like, leak it to the press, you would have a fixer who, like, dealt with that kind of thing. And this is all rooted in, like, real Hollywood, too. That's yeah. the thing about this story. It was very, yeah, like, comics take you to another realm and it's fictional and but it doesn't always have to be like in this case the fade out is very much rooted in like actual events it was very enlightening for me like it dealt with corruption you know the the seediness of hollywood at that time uh the red scare where like anyone who basically you know like slightly hinted that you were maybe involved with like communism you would be like blacklisted Mm -hmm. and like they would like they would they would be unfair to a lot of people that 
weren't even like bad people. Oh, um, yeah. So it just it, I I find that that storyline just dealt with a lot of very interesting things that I hadn't really thought about in depth like previously. Mm-hmm. But when I read the fade out, I was like, wow, this is <laughs> this is an amazing story, and it ended up winning the Eisner Award for best. Uh, Best limited series in 2016. Oh, hey, right on. And for anyone who's like, what the heck is an Eisner Award? That is the equivalent of an Oscar award, but for comics. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it won, you know, best new series big shows deal. that it was, yeah, it definitely it was, was very well received. Very big deal. So I would say for anyone who's like, I want a change of pace from what I'm reading, read The Fade Out. I think you would be really impressed by just the historical accuracy and just how well told it's crafted. Yeah. So I'd recommend that. Um, what do you got, Braden? Oh, man. I'll try to follow that one. Like, m- mine's kind of going a little lighter after both D- the swerve hey, and... different genres, man. Like, there's there's so... That's what I said before. I got a really light one, yeah. too, coming up, I'm, so... I'm not even sure if you can call this indie, because this one has been around forever, and we all know it. But, like, Mark Wade's Archie right now. Hey, yeah. I... I I like the Archie universe. Mark Wade is currently writing Archie. Yes, man. Mark, Mark Wade is, Wade one of the is best, writing dude. Archie. Like, we, so good though. Brian and I both really dig Mark Wade. Yeah, like, he's awesome. I, I've talked in depth about Mark Wade. Mark I think Wade he's is a great writer. Fantastic. Yeah. The fact like, that he's doing that is cool. Yeah, it's this really updated take on like art, like Archie and Riverdale, and it's this really really human portrayal of them. And modern day, modern day, right? And it's it's similar but really different from Riverdale. Fiona Staples is doing uh, art on that, right? Is she? Well, at least the first arc, and I mean, everyone knows oh. her from Saga, which is all probably we'll talk about that in mm-hmm. in a little bit too. Yeah, they have a, Saga's books. got a new issue coming out this week, so when yeah. we get to that, oh yeah, we'll we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that. But continue. But it's just like it's it's so modern, like it's it's not hokey storytelling, like you might have seen, like it, it's the the storytelling we were growing being up. Being a with. teen is weird, yeah. and if you can tap into what it's like to be a teen, I mean, that's being a good a, story. Being a human being is kind of just weird yeah. in general. It's but complicated. Yeah. Being, a teenager, being, alive, right? being a teenager, being a teenager is. And of interesting baffling. time to be alive. So if, I feel like Mark Wade would write that really well. Like it, I haven't actually read it. Though. And it's like he's making such an effort right now to like chrono, like put the whole the, the entire like mythos of Archie that we know into like one solid timeline. That's really sweet because it's like the first issue ends with like like in in the in the Archie comics we grew up with. Veronica was always kind of like the newcomer to town. We right. never saw her come to town, but everybody kind of like treated her and she yeah. acted like the yeah. new girl. The, this arc starts with the lodges moving into Riverdale, and you slowly see like the progression of like all the group of friends. Do of you that. think the 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 TV show Riverdale pulled from Wade's Archie, you or know, at I least think, was somewhat inspired by that? I think they started about the same because that show is time. wildly popular. I I actually just started watching Riverdale the other day, and I was I was blown away by how good it is. But um, the the guy who's in charge of Riverdale, and the guy who's pretty much in charge, Roberto like, Aguirre Sequesa, yeah. I was like, I was listening to an interview with him on like CBC on the, the queue, and he was talking about how like was he the guy who did like Afterlife? He with wrote Archie Afterlife with Archie, which is huge. Yeah, uh, really enjoyed that. By the way, I thought Afterlife with Archie was such a unique uh, read. Mm-hmm. The fact that he wrote that and is now the showrunner of like the live action show—that's what made me interested. Yeah. He's, he has a history of subversive takes on Archie. Yeah. And you kind of see that in Mark Wade's run, but it's like Mark Wade still still has that innocence of Archie that we all know. Okay, so still, it's just it's really like, good recommendation. Really good recommendation. Like, I'm it, surprised it, I haven't read it. Like, like I said, I read Afterlife with mm-hmm. Archie, and I thought that was phenomenal. But when, I uh, haven't actually read. When did Archie start? 
Ah, uh, nineteen fifty? No, was it? it, it I think it it's was, probably in the fifties somewhere. Yeah, was, I don't know that. if it was as early as the forties. It it could have been. Well, it's like teen teen comics really took off in the fifties. Like superhero comics died about near the end. Nineteen thirty nine. Oh wow! What? I was off on that. I was. Oh. My my knowledge on Marvel and DC is impeccable. M- but like, MLJ. I, I wasn't too sure. MLJ about magazines that. in nineteen thirty nine. It is seventy eight years old. That's amazing. So it's it's gonna have its 80th anniversary. It's very its soon. first issue of just Archie comics on its own and not being in a magazine mm-hmm. is winter of 1942. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So like that's something that would have helped people through the war. Oh yeah, just like that kind of innocence, like wow. like like the that's amazing the hijinks of like teens and kids, and it, and it's like they, that all that carries over into the new series, but it's like. If you're in, if you're into comic books, but you're, you're kind of a little like overloaded by superhero comics, this is such a good series because this almost... would be very appealing to just all ages. Yeah, very friendly. Because I would it, say it's almost like a John Hughes movie at times, like yeah. Breakfast Club, oh, Sixteen yeah. Candles. There's that, like no way that it doesn't make it to 100 years, right? No, it, we're no, only we're only it. we're only 22 away. There, there are some things that last forever. <laughs> that will be one of them, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Wow. I wonder what they I mean, do. Even I Bat- wonder what they Batman's do. Batman's getting there too. I mean, like to I know, honest. I know that it's yeah. I know that it's like twenty two years away, but like I wonder what they would do for like a hundredth anniversary. So Archie finally get no, married. No comic or character that I have read has made it to a hundred years. Like even Batman. Batman was nineteen thirty nine. Yeah. So, so it's same as this. It's the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. So these have been around for seventy plus years, but there's. That would be interesting to be alive when it hits a hundred, and like what kind of celebration? I mean, that I kind of like. hope we all are. Yeah, let's hope so, Matt. I'm I'm only twenty one, so I mean, I better be alive in in another twenty two years. Yeah, you'll be forty three. Yeah, wow. and still collecting yeah. comics, right? Of course, uh, my love for comics has been lifelong. You might actually have a for real bat cave. I, yeah, when I'm established, I my dream is to be have the most amazing like comic book nice. room at cool. some point. All right, so the last one, last one I want to talk about before the before the big one that I want to talk about. Oh yeah, so I want to talk about uh, Sex Criminals. Yeah, by Matt, Matt Fraction, Matt Fraction, and Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, uh, Chip Zdarsky, nice. Yeah, and, and Matt Fraction is brilliant. I cannot get enough of Matt Fraction. The we, guy's amazing. Yeah, we're both really, really big Fraction fans. Uh, put out in 2013, um, also won an Eisner Award in 2014. Yeah, yeah. Um, two Eisner Awards. That's that's really impressive. Um, and so. There's going to be also. There's also going to be a, 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 a Universal TV is making a Sex Criminals television show. A lot of a lot of uh, like Image Comics have been at least optioned for mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, um, so that doesn't surprise me at all that like, that happened. Um, and so basically, what it is is that these two people, uh, Susie and John, a librarian and an actor, um, meet together and at a party and. Like, the buildup is, like, both of them are just completely bored with their lives. Right. And they don't know what to do. And Susie works at a, libra- at a library. She's a librarian. But the library is, like, going to close. Yeah. Because, That's right. you know, it's got having money issues. And they start seeing each other. And they sleep together and find out that um, when when they have an orgasm, they stop time. By the way, this is not for kids. No. Definitely don't, not. Don't. don't show this to your no. younger brother, younger sister, it, younger it, cousin. It's colorful. It, like the art is crisp and clean, but it's like this is not for kids. No, you and definitely so need to be an older person to read. They they this. basically they basically like um, you know they get to know each other better. They start like seeing each other more and more, and then they get like this idea to rob a bank in order to try and save the library. 
and it's, I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't think of that idea? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so that let's, was the joke. Is I don't think I would go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like which is why it's such regardless, an obscure and quirky comic. Regardless of how it happens, you find out from some weird coincidence that something that you do stops time. Yeah. What's Rob a bank? what's your instinct? what is Rob what is the first thing that comes? No, no. Like I'm asking okay. you to. Yeah. What is the actual first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, I would want to mess with people before I would want to like steal. So I would probably play some hilarious pranks so that when time unfreezes, like I could definitely do some interesting, funny things with that. So I think just just messing with friends would be what I would do if I could stop time. Pretty much that. I'm a very noble person. My mind doesn't immediately go to, like, Criminal let's activities. rob a bank. Yeah, see, I would just want to spend more time with people. Yeah. You know, like, if I was able to freeze time and, like, be able to spend that time with someone, then, like, I would freeze time and, like, yeah. instead of instead of only, like, getting, like, a couple hours with someone, like, spend an entire day with them. But can, but are they unfrozen with you or are they frozen? Are you the only moving entity in reality? If I am the only moving entity, then I'd probably use it to just play more video games. Yes. Right? right, like, <laughs> and then you don't feel like you wasted an entire day instead of spending you froze the day instead of spending four forty hours over the course of a month playing like Persona. I would just like freeze just time, get it all done, right? freeze time, and get it done in like two or three days. So that way, yeah, I didn't feel like I was wasting as much time. Fraction and uh, and Chip Zdarsky, they definitely have a very good creative bond. The going first on thing that I, series. the first thing I think of would absolutely not be robbing a bank, <laughs> which is why it's so funny though that that's what they end up doing. Yeah. Is there any lead up other than that? Is them? Is there any like them getting into like hijinks and like doing that? Yes. Or do they just go, let's rob a bank? No, there's hijinks. Were you saying that there's going to be a Netflix? No, I was, or like what were what was your? I was just saying like when you were talking about how properties are being bought up and everything. It's like Netflix just bought the rights. Pretty much, actually, they just bought uh, Miller World. Yes, which is like all of Mark Mar- Miller's. Yeah, Mark like, Miller and all of his comics. So it's like yeah, like they have a huge library. I heard of about comics that. To adapt. Yeah. We live in quite the age now, like where lots of good comics are getting more traction mm-hmm. as far as like wider audiences, which I, I'm all for. I think that's great. Yeah. All right, so we've got we've got ten to fifteen minutes before like the wrap up. So the one the big one I want to talk about now, whether or not you really consider this indie or not, one of the most notable. Yeah, it is probably the most notable, uh, and it's it's the Turtles, man. Ooh. I I actually that was on my mind. IDW's TMNT. I love it. Yeah, love it's, it. The art is crisp. It's good. The writing is fantastic. It focuses on characters that you wouldn't expect them to focus on. They have an entire I love that set series. of issues focused on on old Hob. The <laughs> they, they have cat. all all the micro one shots that really dial into one specific character. Like which the is Casey amazing. Jones one shot was great. It, it it allows it expands on the universe so much. The I turtles are incredibly well written. The combat scenes are well choreographed and paneled out. They are well uh, well penciled. They are well colored. They are well written. Yeah. The entire story itself. Is like everything a turtle story should well, it be. It blends a lot from different eras. So you have lots of the '80s turtles characters, but then you have some like more modern yeah. things that are from like other turtle series, and it just blends all these different things. And it's in the so one good. Series. Are you are you a turtles fan at all? Uh, not as big as you guys, but I do remember like growing up with the turtles and everything. And I have no doubt that the current books are great. Oh yeah, it's cause, great because it's like even. And like the one, the one thing I am current on when, is when they just had like the crossover with like Batman. Yep, Batman and the Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. That that was a pretty solid like miniseries. But 
you know, they're like all the cross, like they've been doing crossovers and stuff, and it's hilarious. Issue seventy five drops this uh, this week. Seventy five, yeah, yeah. So it's um, been going on for for quite some time. Um, it kind of like the crossovers and the way that they're going about it and the comedic style, like almost reminds me of like the sixties Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, a good Scooby Doo comic could be amazing. So there's Scooby Doo Apocalypse out. Yeah, right Scooby now. Apocalypse is a thing, but just like a regular Scooby series. How would you like go TMNT? So so. Uh, like indulge me on this what what would a good like how would you go about writing a good scooby-doo comic man mark wade on scooby-doo like let's get this guy on if he can you know revitalize archie i'm sure yeah. he could take old you know scooby-doo has been around since the 60s he, if he, he did that if he did like a scooby-doo take like he does with archie it's like i don't even see scooby-doo being a character he would just be like a dog in the background who's like the mascot of the team and it's more about like the four the relationships between like the four members and it's like them solving teams. So it's Man, all about like them as teenagers. I haven't really thought about that, but I was always a big fan. Like growing up, just watching like the the show. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that like so the cool. the relationship between Scooby and Shaggy is something important too, though, right? You can show pivotal. those moments where it's like Shaggy. Maybe he's uncertain in his place in the team, and it's like, I, like he sees like Scooby the dog is like his only like real friend, just kind of there. Yeah. Right, and it's like that's an talks, interesting way to go. To that is a super interesting way to go about it. You and can it's do like, a lot. Sco- like Scooby can still like like a dog. He can still like emotes, I guess. So you like, but no noises. Like no no yeah. no like no like talking. Yeah, and so like just like barking, kind of like talking out his problems to like this dog. That's amazing! <laughs> oh my god! Because that's let's let's give this uh, let's give Brayden the reins to Scooby Doo and oh let him write it. That's ah. amazing. <laughs> I need this comic. Can you write this, please? Can we get this started? Yeah. Uh, Image, if you're listening, hit us up. Who has the rights to Scooby? I guess it would be IDW I'm then. I'm here, U of M. <laughs> like, uh, outrageous amount of hours, so you can probably find me like who, napping in a library somewhere. Who owns Scooby-Doo? This is... Keep 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 talking. I'm going to look this up. Uh, well, it's like... D- Scooby Apocalypse is being made by DC, and it's like well, that the Hanna Barbera, right? It, that all of that stuff is with Warner Brothers that's and right. DC and Warner Brothers. So I guess it would be DC, DC would own yeah, it. Like I guess time, that would be Time them. Warner. Yeah. Speaking they, of which, DC has been doing really good with like the the Hanna Barbera like series. Mm. Like they had a really cool Future Quest uh, Space Ghost. Oh yeah, where they had like the team up of like five or six properties. And they have Scooby Apocalypse, which is its own zombies, zombie apocalypse. Dystopian future. They already Scooby-Doo did a movie on blended. it. They already did a movie. Flintstones, like which is I think Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda the, Connor. The Flintstones is apparently the best one. Yeah, because I think it's the same crew who does like Harley Quinn. And then Snagglepuss just got announced to have his own comic. <laughs> That's right. Flintstones is kind of a fine line to walk, man. Yeah. If you go back and watch those those Hanna Barbera Flintstones cartoons, like there's a lot of misogyny in those oh, cartoons. Yeah. Well, look at the time that it was made. <laughs> to be honest, though, the Flintstones, like not just the first cartoon. The first television show to show a married couple in bed. Yeah, the, it, it was that's the right. first show to show that. Like, like it, right it was moment, aimed like, more at adults than it was at kids. That was nowhere else in yeah. television yeah. at that point. That's right, man. So, in in some ways, ahead a little of its, ahead of its time, but still like misogyny. For well, no, 60s. like it was it was the it was the the same amount of misogynistic as the time that it was in, yeah. right? But like, how do you go about? updating like I'm, I'm interested to read this i'm interested to see about how they went about updating it so they it's bring like a lot of bad. modern day issues into yeah like the, the, bu- the book was only like seven or eight issues but people it was just critical acclaim all yeah the way. i'm gonna have it to was, check this out this sounds those, really good one of those overnight success books like no one was really talking about flintstones yeah. but it just got a lot of Every, everybody thought it would be like people. another wacky raceland which yeah. is like 
another property that DC rebooted in like a dark and gritty way that just kind of it's supposed flopped. to be like Mad Max, but I mm-hmm. think they because like yeah. if you've ever watched Wacky, Wacky Races, the original, it's just like it's over the top and ridiculous, and all it's supposed to do is make you literally laugh for a half an hour straight. <laughs> I don't want to get like I don't want to explore anything deep when I watch Wacky it Races. It doesn't work if you have Immortan Joe in the background just going. <laughs> all I want to see is Dick Dastardly and Muttley try and do stupid stuff and then get thwarted. That's it. I want to see them do stupid it's not, things. It's not a super deep. Yeah, I want to see Dick. I want to see Dick Dastardly try and, and rope somebody up with like a tripwire, drive through the tripwire himself first, like an idiot, and then Muttley just laugh at him. That's yeah. it. That is literally all I want I for don't my think wacky races. Would disagree with that. So like, I don't want anything. It's, it, it's oh. a winning formula. To yeah, be fair. I mean, like obviously, it stopped being a winning formula because they stopped fair. having yeah, returns yeah, on that. Yeah. But like, if you go back and like watch. You can go back and watch Wacky Races on YouTube, and that stuff's still great. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't watch, like, 40 episodes. You can't binge watch Wacky Races. Mm-hmm. But that's why it was so great as a Saturday morning cartoon, because, like, you spent your whole week waiting for it, yeah. and then you got to watch half an hour of pure, Saturdays, unbridled joy. Saturdays, as a, as a kid, were the best time right? ever. Well, and it's really cool, because it's like, not only are you seeing all of these shows from the 60s and 80s, like, being brought back as comics... But you're also seeing crossovers between them. Yeah. Like you said Future Quest, which has like Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, yeah. uh, the the Herculoids. Yeah. And whole, <laughs> it's it's like five or six Hanna-Barbera shows like crushed together. It's amazing. Yeah, Future Quest is bomb. That's and, wonderful. And um, but, you, but you also kind of get that with IDW right now where they're doing a series called First Strike. And it's the G.I. Joe teaming up with the Transformers. Yeah. Teaming up with ROM Space Knight, I think. it's Oh, like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's sweet. Yeah, so like... I, I just I get that it's not like technically independent, but like at the same time, like it's not the big two and mm-hmm. IDW and Image have like a combined oh, share they, like five percent share of the market. They like, they make some really, really good hits. I don't understand why people them. like don't go out like I get it. Batman is great. I love Batman. Superman's great. You love Superman, you know, you love the Fantastic Four, yeah. you love Daredevil. Right. Like it's great that people want to go out and buy all these things, but like these are known properties that people used to love. Yeah, yeah so, like, exactly. Why aren't people buying this stuff more? It's really underappreciated. Like these companies are That's, really underappreciated. Yeah, exactly. I agree, and I think w- I think the thing is like people always have fond memories of those things, but I guess they don't. Maybe they don't even realize that there are comics out there. I think that they the can thing. be buying. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, knowing. right? I mean, like, and plus, people don't read as much as they used to either. But yeah. like, yeah, because because it's like the people who are buying these books are the same like adults in that who are buying other comic books, right? And it's like, but whereas like with DC, you've got a healthy mix of like kids and adults buying it like it, you, you don't get that kid draw at the other companies like you have the adults purchasing these books but you don't have like a, an 11 year old they... walking to a store going I want to see the subversive take of Flintstone okay that's <laughs> fine and everything but at the same time <laughs> sure. like IDW has Steven Universe yeah kids love that stuff uh, right? Adventure Time Adventure as, Time as, as has a new Boom issue Studios. coming has my, a new issue coming out this week My Little Pony like and Spongebob time. sell surprisingly well at Galaxy like it's crazy we man have people get me a Hey Arnold it. comic yeah right yeah. Prano how good is the Spongebob comic have you read it it's, it's surprisingly good like, is I was it, just flipping through it one time is it close to the show like is the humor there yeah very much so and like, like the humor still has kind of that like imagine they get the original creator smart. writing that oh is C- 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 Steven Hillenberg or Steven Steven Hillenberg yeah, yeah. yeah. Steven, not Simon Kinberg but 
But uh, no, but it's like, and just looking, it's like this art is really like lush and good. It's it's it it, it catches you off guard. The quality of the SpongeBob comic. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. Talk talk some more about some other stuff. Uh, all right, uh, real quick, some of the some other great stuff that you should be reading, uh, or things that have already finished their run that's out there to read. Why the Last Man mm. by Brian K. Vaughn. Yep, Great. that's that's another really good one yeah. too. We just uh, we just gave away an ish, uh, uh, the first volume of. Um Descender. Yeah, Descender by Jeff Lemire. Uh, great sci-fi comic. It deals with uh, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. which is always an interesting topic to make a story about um, and dealing with, like, what makes, you know, what, what constitutes being considered a person? Mm-hmm. You know, is it having a physical body or is there more to it? So I guess Jeff Lemire really taps into artificial intelligence and he creates a really heartwarming uh, story. So I would say Descender for sure. Check check that out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, okay. So just looking up some of this art from the SpongeBob comic, oh yeah? it's beautiful. I know, right? It's gorgeous, and the paneling of it is so good too. There's there's one here um, that I'm I'm one specific one that I'm looking at where like uh, SpongeBob and Patrick are like jellyfishing, but like it's just it's two pages, like it's over the over two pages, but it's one picture over like two pages but it's like a time lapse mm-hmm. and it shows That's like awesome. all the different things that they've done over the course of a day while the, they're doing this it's the, mind-blowing the one i think you should really check out and the one that like it's a cover of one of the copies that like i was just like sorting i was just putting boxes in the home and that and just putting comics away and i was like oh this is really cool and i just picked it up and flipped through Let's see if you can find it's like spongebob and who, who, who who's his like blowfish uh, Mrs. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Yeah. Puff. Mrs. Puff. <laughs> Look up uh, SpongeBob and Mrs. Puff slash like rock cover. Okay. It's it's like that. That one was one of like the most colorful. It, like, if this, this comic really taps cool. into like the vibes of season one to four, I think it could be a really cool. Which comic. is the I maintain. Yeah, you mentioned the that. best written four seasons of television <laughs> ever. If if yeah if if they can capture the vibe of that, I would say that would be an interesting <laughs> comic to check out. Because like SpongeBob, it was one of those shows where like the first four seasons where it's like it's written for kids, but it's still like that humor. Smart. It was, was a def- culture. It was a cultural zeitgeist. Oh yeah, yeah. it hit everybody. Agreed. It hit everybody, and you saw SpongeBob everywhere. People loved it because of that exact reason. Yeah. Like there was enough jokey, funny SpongeBob, look at me haha, I'm blowing a bubble humor, but there was also like enough like Squidward sitting in his job. His like existential dread. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there <laughs> and, and he, you know, he, sit, Squidward show. telling SpongeBob <laughs> the customer orders a patty, you cook the patty, I give them the patty. We do this for 40 years and then we die. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just some dark humor right there. <laughs> yeah, and like there's there is more than enough um there's there's more than enough wicked sweet adult jokey type humor in those shows. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the perfect blend of a show that you can watch as an adult with your kids and every time you watch it you pick up something new yeah. and it's oh, just yeah. as equally funny or thought provoking or the, awesome. The gift that keeps on giving, so mm-hmm. to speak. You'll always get something new. It kills me that that the only seasons of SpongeBob they have on Netflix are five and six. Yeah. It murders that me. That is outrageous. It's wrong. That is absolutely outrageous. Wow. Oh, kills me. That's a. That Wait, is were a you able to shame. find the cover? Uh, no, I wasn't. I ah, found a okay. whole bunch. I found a whole bunch of other other wicked sweet covers, we'll including including one using with uh, like the whole entire Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy oh, team. That and, team. Uh, we got and like Mermaid a Man lot of these Barnacle cover Boy. arts are like. 
who are the other members of yeah, that team? No. There are some really cool heroes on that team. The actually. Quickster. Oh, the Quickster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> want to see me touch that rock? <laughs> want to see me do it again? Yeah. I want to watch that uh, the human later. volcano. Yeah. And that was Squidward too. Yeah. Man, I got to watch that later. And she and Sandy turned into the uh, invisible Miss woman. Invisible or Miss, yeah. Miss, Miss, Miss appear. Miss appear. Yeah. Yes. That was it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. What was Patrick? He was like he was like a Mister Fantastic. He stretched. He yeah. was a stretchy. Yeah. 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 Great episode. Oh my god. Uh, and like, then oh, they, I can touch my feet now. And it just like goes the super like long <laughs> way. Super <laughs> so long dumb. way. Yeah. Uh, and and God, who are the who are the villains? It was uh, Hammerhead Shark. Uh, Man Ray. Yeah, Man the Ray. Dirty, dirty bubble. bubble. The Dirty Bubble. The Atomic Krill, I think. Was yes. Uh, and Old Man Jenkins was a... Was a um, Old Man Jenkins Old was Man a... Old Man Jenkins. Was a... Uh, One of the most underrated SpongeBob <laughs> characters. Yeah. Man, uh, Old Man Jenkins is like a top three. He's mm-hmm. a top three character. Oh. But no, <laughs> I'm, I'm stop kidding. It. <laughs> but I'm old man Jenkins, is, uh, yeah. he deserves more love. I'm just trying to think of like what other titles, like not just like properties, but there's there's just so much on the shelf these days. It's like there's well, a healthy that, that's variety. the thing about working at Galaxy is you get to see things each week. Mm-hmm. Like you are you have a very good vantage point of like what's new, what's maybe being well received versus like things that are maybe not getting as much traction. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are some really underrated comics out there, which is so sad to see. Yeah. Yo, okay, so like the actual names, there's Sandy turned into Miss Appear. Patrick Star was the Elastic Waistband. Oh, Elastic Waist. Wow. Squidward became Captain Magma, yeah. and then SpongeBob was the Quickster. Oh, All right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Outstanding. All right, you guys ready for the wrap up? Sure. Yeah. All right. So last week's last week's top selling comics: Batman the Drowned, mm-hmm. Batman number thirty three. Superman 33. Yeah. Mighty Thor 700. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Justice League 31. Okay. Invincible 593. That's wrapping up soon. Yeah. Kirkman's wrapping that up. Wildstorm 8. Mm-hmm. X-Men Gold 14. Nightwing 31. And Super Sons number 9. Any on there that surprise you or that you want to talk about? I um, mean, as always, Batman... That Batman and the Drowned is good. Like, oh. like the, the that, Dark Knight's metal tie-ins are supposed to be pretty good, so like, that's that's awesome. Red Death and Murder Machine. There's, oh. a new, there's a new one coming out this week, too. And yeah. that's like the Wonder Woman one, right? Like the the Cursed or the Accursed? Yeah, correct. I, yeah. I really liked the Dawnbreaker one. Yes. Where it's like it's such an interesting take on what willpower is. And like it, someone in the wake of tragedy, like... Um, kind of like I talk about the spoilers of that, like what happens in the Dawnbreaker. Okay. All right. It's, it's, um, it's basically... Have you read it? Either of you guys? Nope, but I'm no, going to. Okay. I'm I'm waiting to get a whole collected thing going. So but I if you if, if you want to if you want to spoil it, then go ahead. Okay. Well, it's just like uh, spoiler alert. Oh, it's, okay. But it's like each of these like times is all about like a different Batman from like a dark universe where like yeah. something goes horribly yeah, wrong and that. he becomes this villain. And it's like Dawnbreaker. It's all about right, like the moment that uh, Bruce Wayne's parents are killed in that alley. That's when Abin Sir the Green Lantern dies, and the ring is like, oh, I need a new host, and uh, like. Mm. Bruce Wayne at the moment he's just feeling just such a pit of like blackness like he's not feeling fear about Joe Chill it's not anger it's just this dark void right. inside himself and the ring is like oh this is willpower and it's not and so he gets a hold of the ring and he's like using like that black void inside himself he's able to like rewrite the ring oh wow and like make it nightmarish and able to like kill people it's like it's that's crazy it's that's really insane. like mind blowing it's really cool that's his intriguing so yeah keep checking out the dark like, dark night metals dark nights 
metal. Yeah, don't want to sleep on that. All right, into the comics coming out next week with a little bit more of an indie twist in some yeah, occasions. Yeah, there's, there's some really good ones that are not. Uh, John DC. Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China, Old Man Jack yeah. is uh, issue two is coming out next week. Uh, new B R a BPRD coming out next week. Oh, yeah. Dark Horse. Uh, Action Comics number nine ninety. Almost a thousand. They're, they're getting there. It's yeah. going to be gorgeous when we get to one thousand. Oh, yeah. Batgirl sixteen, uh, Batman Beyond thirteen, Batman the Merciless. Yeah, which new, is the new one shot. Which is the Wonder Woman one. Uh, Teen Titans thirteen, uh, Saga forty eight, which is of course like. It's this huge, high fantasy, amazing. Yeah, it has some insane art in that series. Done by Brian K. Vaughn, yep. and we didn't I, get to talk like about it. it as much as we probably would have liked to. But oh yeah, I think it's probably better that you just go and experience it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's something. It, that's it's yeah, a must read. Yeah, that's something that's hard to describe. It, it is a it must is definitely read. The, a the feel. early issues are a bit pricey, but you can find the trade paperbacks anywhere. Yeah, yeah. get get the collected editions, and read them digitally, digitally do as well. Yeah. yeah, do whatever you got to do. On don't, the Marvel side, it. we got some legacy stuff. Black Panther one sixty six. Leonard Kirk is the artist on that, and he's going to be at Comic Con this Saturday. So if you guys go check like, it out, yeah, if you guys like his stuff, go go see him on Saturday. Uh, Spider Man seven ninety. Mm-hmm. All new Wolverine twenty six, and Despicable and Deadpool two eighty eight. Those numbers, yeah, right. That's it's daunting. Yeah, it's daunting. So of course, um, Slot is wrapping up his Spider Man yep. run in ten issues. So yep. uh, ten months from now, I guess we're gonna see Spencer. It, it's Nick interesting because like Dan Slot, I'm not a huge fan of his run, but he has the only he has the only uh, like the only I guess gem. He wrote Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man issue 600. He wrote Amazing Spider-Man issue 700. And he's going to be writing Amazing Spider-Man issue 800. He, he's been writing Spider-Man for a long time. Yeah. I'm taking away from that. So what are you guys going to be reading this week? Uh, for me, as always, uh, Daredevil, new Daredevil uh, drops tomorrow. Uh, TMNT 75 drops tomorrow as well, uh, which is a milestone. Uh, not I guess no new Batman, Green Arrow, or Superman tomorrow, so not a ton, but just continuing to read back issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. Way too many of those. You you know that problem. <laughs> God, my, my background <laughs> is huge. Oh, um, definitely Batman the Merciless. Like yep. Dark oh, yeah. Knight's Metal yep. is just killing it. And definitely Action Comics 990, like the current arc called The Oz Effect. It's a really, really interesting take, and the art is beautiful, especially the lenticular covers Sweet. of all of the issues. It's like everything they did with the button, like times ten in quality. Nice, so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be checking out. I'm going to be rereading the um, the IDW Serenity Firefly comics. Oh, sweet. Uh, just because I got back into watching that show, and so I'm I want to I want to read those comics again. Uh, another another independent one that I wish I had more time to talk about. So I thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, you can hit us up beyond the panel umfm at gmail dot com or on Twitter btp comic umfm. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a good week. Glad to uh, be part of the show. Thanks for having me. 